Hello, fellow travelers. I uh, hope I'm so excited that you've chosen to join me again on this journey as we seek how we can better follow after Jesus Christ um, and uh, how we can be uh, his disciples. And I'm super excited that you've joined me for another episode, another podcast. Uh, this is episode five. Um, you probably don't know this because I haven't explained it, uh, but I have kind of been working through a series here. Um, the, so episodes two through five are actually going to be kind of their own little set. Um, and uh, I've just been, uh, because it's January, I've been thinking about things new. So I uh, would treasure about a new heart uh, with uh, Tasty Little Death Machines. I've been talking about um, a new mind, like how we think about things uh, with um, the opposite of love is indifference, uh, the, the way that we live, the things that we do with our strength. Um, and today I'm just going to be talking about a soul. Um, what, I, what I think is uh, just ideal for what Jesus means when he talks about the idea of, of Christ telling us that we are the, uh, the light of the world. Uh, the salt of the world, and, and just really unpack that. I'm not going to read the scripture today. I'm trying some different things from different formats and different styles, so I'm not going to read that today. Um, so uh, I will give it to you. So if you need to pause and go grab it, I'll also try to put it in the description so you can find that as well. Um, but I do have several several scriptures that I'm going to be referencing, uh, so I want to give those to you so you guys will be able to catch those. Uh, so I will um, list those out for you um, soon uh, when we start really talking about the subject, but um, I'm not going to do the whole reading thing. Um, I did it last week. Mm, not, not super sold on it. If you're super sold on it, if you just enjoy uh, me stumbling over all those words and probably pronouncing most of them incorrectly, uh, let me know. Um, I... On that note, on that note uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, I do ask if it would be uh, something that you would be willing to do, if you've been encouraged by it, if you would share it with friends, uh, you can do that, sharing a link on Facebook. Um, you can rate it uh, and give reviews to it on uh, iTunes uh, or the Apple Podcast uh, on Google, on Spotify. Um, I'm, I'm in a few new places this week. Um, did some extra digging into my um, Podbean app and abilities and uh, connected to a few different places. So I noticed that there's a couple of downloads from some new sources. So I'm super excited about that. Um, so if you could, uh, help me spread the word. Um, if you have questions, uh, comments, uh, you can always send those to theunbrokenground at gmail.com. That's theunbrokenground, all one word, uh, same name as the podcast at gmail.com. Um, I also wanted to let you know that I have planned out, this will be a little bit more uniform, uh, February I've planned out a series, and, and that's, uh, it's going to be based on the life of Joseph uh, from the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. Uh, the, the series is, are going to be, the series titles are this, um, If God Loves Me, Why Am I in This Pit? Uh, which is going to deal with the brokenness in our families and the consequences of choices. Uh, on the 12th of February, If God Loves Me, Why Am I Running Away? Um, dealing with the brokenness in society. Um, speaking specifically about Joseph uh, as he is, uh, he has to flee uh, because he is being asked to do something he's not willing to do uh, because it would be a sin, it would be betraying his, his uh, master, and so... Uh, he's not going to do that. On the 19th, if God loves me, why am I in prison? Uh, it's dealing with the brokenness of expe expectations and the lens of worldly success. So um, we're going to talk through why it is that sometimes God allows us to go through hard things. Um, why is it that God, um, why, why um, success is not always the, the 
a good measure as far as the world looks at things it is but but how does god see things uh the last one on the 26 is going to be if god loves me i must forgive and that's just dealing with the poison of bitterness and why it is people we love why it is the people we love who hurt us the most um so um in, in just the topic of forgiveness and just, you know, the whole life of Joseph, we're going to intertwine throughout that. I'm definitely not going to read all that. So again, I will give you the, the, the scripture references and you can, can look those up, but I'm very excited about that. And along with that, um, I'm going to be trying a new format um, to, in addition to the Sunday podcast that we, that I produce, um, I'm also going to be doing a midweek um, interview session with, with friends and people who I think have uh a story to tell that is uh, similar to Joseph, or at least some details similar to Joseph, um, or just a, a good testimony about how they have come to know Jesus and, and what, what challenges they face and what encouragement they can give. Um, so that's going to be happening. If all things go well, uh, there'll be one up on Wednesday. So, so there will be a, a regular podcast coming out on Sundays, and then on Wednesday will be kind of an interview uh, speaking with um, my friends or people I know or just people I can uh, asked to be on the podcast and just kind of share their story. Um, so very excited about that. So those, those are the things that are coming up. Um, also, uh, on Wednesday, we'll start our book study. Um, so if you're still interested in that, again, um, you'll, you'll have to connect with us on the Facebook page. You can just search for private groups, the, uh, the unbroken ground, uh, ask to join. And we're going to be talking through, uh, Mark Buchanan's book, uh, your church is too safe. Um, so that's also going to happen. Um, so it's not too late to join in on that. Uh, we're going to, we're going to take two weeks to go through the first chapter. So still plenty of time to join in that as well. Again, if you have questions, uh, you can, uh, connect with me, um, on email, dumbbrokenground at, uh, gmail.com. You can, uh, connect with me through f the Facebook group. Um, and, uh, I'm also on Instagram, dumbbrokenground with, with underscores be between and after all those words. Um, and you can send me a message or I'm always posting content on there as well. Um, so lots of ways to, to interact. Um, so I uh, hope that you have been enjoying this. I hope that you enjoyed this last uh, little bit of a, a conclusion to the series that we've been doing that you didn't know we were doing, but in my head we were. Um, and uh, so that's okay. You can't be in my head. I'm trying to get as much of my head out onto it, to, to the podcast so you can... Uh, hear where I'm coming from, and uh, think through what it is to follow Jesus. Um, so let's jump in. As indicated, I will be referencing the following scripture uh, throughout this podcast. First would be Matthew 5, 13 through 16. That's Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Second is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, the third will be Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. And finally, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. So, one more time Matthew 5, 13 through 16, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Galatians 5, 22 through 23 and 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. As kind of indicated earlier, um, I've been working through this idea of uh, what it means to be a new creation, especially as we think about January and a new year and, and 
what all that that means and what all that entails. Um, it is, um, you know, January doesn't mean you have. That's when we have to start over. It doesn't mean where where all new things come into play, but it is uh, a time when we start thinking about that. And so I've been thinking through that, and um, to kind of sum up or kind of hit the end of this uh, series, I've really been thinking about what it means, um, what what Jesus wants from us, um, and what the good news is. Um, so I grew up um, as, a, as an event uh, in the South, uh, evangelical, um, and there was a, a ton of emphasis that was put on the idea that that what Jesus wants from us is for us to believe in him and receive him in as Lord and Savior and make him the Lord of our lives. And, and that secures our future destiny. Um, so we no longer have to uh, be concerned about uh, what happens when we die. Um, if, if Jesus is Lord, you get to go to heaven. And um, if, he's, if, if he's not, then, then um, well, you don't get to go to heaven. Uh, and not, none of that is incorrect. I still believe that's true. I believe that Jesus is the only way and that, that through him is, is access to heaven. But um, in, in growing up, it was a whole, whole lot easier just to be kind of uh, a very separate thing for the, even from the way that we lived. Um, if you knew Jesus, um, then, then you should be better, you should be good, um, it, it, because um, that's how culturally you're taught to be. You've this, we had this whole, especially in the South, this whole cultural Christianity of this is how people act, and this was what good people did, and this is what um, the, the right things to do. Um, but it wasn't really driven um, by the idea of the fact that, that Jesus actually kind of calls us into uh, a journey uh, of a, um, a discipleship that he says, hey, um, I'm, I'm not just here to save you from what happens at the end of your life, but I'm here to save you into what your life is going to become and continue on in that. Um, the good news, I think, is that, yes, he brings salvation, but more importantly, or equally as important, maybe I should say, um, the good news is that he also brings a new creation into your life. Um, Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus expects this. Um, I think that both Paul and Jesus would be um, confused uh, by people who only preach a uh, salvation is by uh, is, is is Jesus's main message or Paul's main message. Um, salvation was part of the message. It was the start, but it wasn't the end. And and Jesus, so Jesus would say things like he would do the Sermon on the Mount, and and he would say, "Here's how you should live." Kind of the, some of the things I've been talking about. He says, "You, the world has said this, but I tell you this: um, the world is like this, but this is how you should be." And and Jesus begins to redefine um, the fact that our lives should reflect our relationship with Jesus our following, our discipleship, our chasing after who Jesus was should be reflected in who we are. Um, in other words, uh, salvation, if it's come to us in our hearts and now we have Jesus, we have access to the life that God wants for us. Um, like, it, like scripture and everything that it teaches us, it actually teaches us a better way. It teaches us the right way. Um, it, it tells us to not do certain things because 
uh, those when we do when we do the things when God says don't do this and, and we do those things anyway we what we see is that it, it ends up hurting us it ends up damaging us God is is not trying to control us to keep us away from things that that are like oh he just doesn't want us to have fun he's not like a fun pressure of like oh you can't follow God and also have fun that's not what's going on but God's saying hey here's here's the dangerous boundaries don't go into these areas don't do these things because when you do you end up hurting yourself life gets harder and and so jesus says hey i'm going to give you some some instruction about what it, what it means to live in the kingdom because kingdom life is the best life and that's the good news is that we have salvation but that salvation begins now and in, and it continues on into eternity and so jesus invites us into a new type of life and it's important that we understand that. It's important that we understand that there in front of us, we have some choices. Um, we, we have some choices. We can't, we don't just have to um, just take life and be like, well, life, this is just the way life is. And, and we just have to suffer through it. Um, and, and we just, it doesn't matter how we are who or, or the way that we act or, or what we do of life um, because we're just waiting here waiting here and to, to see what happens once we die because we know what Jesus has said about that and so here's what he says in, in the Sermon on the Mount he says um, hey you are the salt of the earth you are a light that is the light of the world you're like a, a city on a hill live in such a way that people see the good works you do so that they glorify God in heaven that's who you are. That's who Jesus says that if you if you want to be a disciple, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, then you live in such a way that people begin to see in your life Jesus and God reflected. Um, it's it's like the, the the meme that goes around from the office, and they're like corporate wants you to tell the differences in these two pictures, and they're like, oh, it's the same picture. Sometimes the world sees both. People who live and don't know who Jesus is in the world, and they see the, those who say, yeah, I'm a Christian, and they say there's no difference. Because if you look at the statistics, if you look at just life, and you see that like the people who have Christ are full of anger and, and angst and worry and hate, and and um, that so is the rest of the world, and that, and that there's no major difference between the divorce rates, and there's no major differences between... Um, those the and, and then the uh, the scandals that happen and and the the power abuses that happen we go look there has to be a better way there has to be a difference and and the answer is that yes there is um, but this is what I what I think about when I think about the middle ground Jesus is Jesus refused to be used by either side. He was not, he was not the, the tool of the, uh, the religious experts. He wasn't for the Romans. Um, he, he refused to be used and he said, you come and follow me. And that is the unbroken ground because we can have Jesus and we can stay babies in our growth and following Jesus. We, we as a church, sometimes we even in, even endorse that um yeah just you know if you're if you have a if you have jesus hey as long as you're showing up at church every sunday 
and, and you know, you don't do the major things that um, are, look real bad, uh, then you're, you're fine. Like you, do, you don't need to do anything else. And, and we get so afraid because we, we don't, um, the minute you start going, well, you know, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, there's, there's some things that you should do. And you go, oh, well, salvation is by grace. Uh, there's nothing you can do to get salvation. And it's like, yeah, that is so true. There's nothing you can do to gain salvation. But because you're saved, Jesus is like, if you're saved, if you're my disciple, then you're the light of the world. You're the salt that, that preserves and flavors. And, and the light, if it goes out, who's going to guide? It says, if the salt loses its saltiness, what good is it? If the salt doesn't preserve, if it doesn't flavor life, what good is it? So yes, salvation is only a gift through Jesus Christ, but salvation calls us to do, live in such a way. Like, like, your salv like the mark of your salvation, Jesus says this, this is what Jesus says, he says, the mark of your salvation, the, the evidence of your salvation is in the fruit that you produce. It says that Jesus says, you'll know my disciples by the fruit that is produced. And here's the good news. This is what Paul follows up with. He says, and he just kind of refines the thoughts here of what, what Jesus is talking about. And he says this, he says, when you, when, you, when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, you became a new creation. The old is gone. But so many of us wake up. So many, so many of us get dragged back into who we were. And Paul says, you, that, that's gone. You don't have to do that. This morning when you woke up, how did you feel? Were you overjoyed to be awake again? Were you, um, did, did, you did you pick up your phone the first, first moment you could and, and, and the world rushed in and, and you thought, ah, oh, things look so bad. Things are so dark and depressing. The, um, you know, the money is not going as far as it used to. It, um, politics and division and and sickness and ah and paul says you're a new creation you have access to something different he says that that you get to walk not by the, the works of the flesh but by the spirit and this this spirit is all of the gifts the fruit that comes from that or all the things that we would want in our life. We have choices. We can choose to 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 um, to 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 go back. There's this there's this great story in the in the Gospels. Um, Jesus has died on the cross. Um, he has risen again. He's, the disciples know this, and but Peter can't take. The anticipation or the understanding of what he's what, what's happening and so they're waiting they're waiting and so peter goes i'm going fishing and and the reason why that he does that is because that's who peter was before um you also have to remember that peter at this time he still is dealing with the guilt of the fact that he rejected jesus christ three times and, and so he goes, I'm going fishing. Why? Because that's what he knew. That was his old life. And, and his new life had been interrupted. He'd not expected this, this loss of Jesus, this crucifixion, this trial. 
Jesus dying, like that was not on the radar of any of the disciples. And so, so after three days of just sitting around and trying to figure out what to do, what Peter said was, I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go fish again. And so they go fishing and they don't catch anything. And then, then um, from the shore, this man goes, hey, put your nets on the other side. And, and so their nets are full to bursting. And, Jesus, and, and Peter knows it's Jesus. And he, he throws off his cloak and he, he dives into the water and he runs to the shore. And Jesus is making some breakfast and, and, and they have this conversation. Jesus never goes, Peter, what you doing, buddy? I mean, you know, this is your old life. This is not... It's not what I, I, you, we live together and, and, and learn together and, and I taught you and this is not what I wanted, but instead he, he begins to ask Jesus, Jesus begins to ask Peter these questions and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, God, Jesus, you know, <laughs> you know my heart, you know I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. And he asks him that question three times and, uh, and the answer is always the same, feed my sheep. And, and there's some a lot of deep theological things to pick out of there, but I think at, as a reminder, it was a call for to Peter to say, "Hey, you're you're not a fisherman anymore. That's who you were. But now that you know me, you're a, you're a shepherd of men. You're a fisher of men." Is, is you know, what Jesus used that as a play on words, but he said, "You're not who you were. You can't go back." You don't need to go back. You don't have to go back. Peter failed to stand with Jesus, even after all of his bravado and uh, you know, oh, I would never, I would never let go. He says, he said, Peter failed, and Jesus came to him and said, "You can't go back. There's too much at stake." And so, friends, that's what I, that's what I want to say. You're a new creation. If you know Jesus Christ, you're a new creation. You don't have to live. And the, 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 the same patterns of your old self. You don't have to. It's, there's good news. Jesus brings freedom. And he gives us a new self. So read through the, the fruit of the Spirit and, and reflect on that. He goes, these are the things that happen when, when I have followers, when I have disciples. Jesus says, these are the fruits that get produced. And this is how we know that you have salvation. And again, it's not a, like, you're, you're only saved if you produce fruit. That's, it's, salvation is, the question of salvation is not, well, we can prove it. Because um, the, the salvation is that free gift. It's not earned. It's, there's nothing we can do to, to earn it. And, and there's nothing we can do to lose it. Like, we didn't do anything to earn it. So we can live lives that are very, with very limited amount of fruit because God gives us freedom. Uh, Jesus gives us that freedom. But why? Like there's a better way. There's a, there's a more fulfilling way. There's a, there's a way that makes us, our lives so much better and so much more full. And, and our lives should be full of, of these, uh, these fruits. And these fruits are very real things. They're very tangible. And that's what I always, I just want to take one moment to think about just one of them. Um, and that is love. And it, it, it really ties into everything uh, a little bit as we go back to the idea of like, 
if you love money, your treasure is going to be there. If you love, if you love your, if you are a follower of Jesus, you're going to love your enemy. And then what? Who is my neighbor? Um, that the two greatest commandments are what? They are to love God and to love my neighbor. Uh, so what is love? And so Paul listed as the first fruit of the Spirit. Um, and again, this is fruit singular. It's not like you have love or you have peace or you have patience or you have joy. It's a singular fruit. But instead, he says, fruit is, the, is, is it ends up the first of the list. Could be important. Maybe not. I don't want to read all everything to it. But Paul takes specifically some time to sit down and, and, and begin to describe what love is. And so that's what you find in 1 Corinthians. And I, and I think that as a, as a, a challenge, as a, a meditation, um, I want you to spend some time and think through what Paul says. Love is um, not this, this feeling. That's the world tries to capture love as this idea of like, well, it's this uncontrollable feeling that I have. And, and if I have love, then I'm in love and I fall in love and you can fall out of love. And sometimes the love goes away and sometimes the love's here to stay and all the things that the world tries to do with love. But, but Paul says, no, love, love is something more. He's, he's trying to give a f more fullness. Um, of course, in, in the, uh, in, in other languages, there are different words for different kinds of love, and we just kind of have the word love, and so that can be confusing, uh, because we can say that we love our parents, but we also love pizza. I hope that doesn't mean the same thing. Uh, but, but we have this very much, um, this idea that um, what love is, is it's just a feeling. And that feeling is something that, oh, we don't really have control over it. Uh, we either feel it or we don't. You can't make someone love you. But um, what Paul begins to describe in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is that love is a verb. It's a choice. Love is patient. Love is kind. These are things that we choose. We, we choose to be patient with people. We choose kindness for people. And so the fruit of the Spirit, we have access to this power, this Holy Spirit that lives within us and gives us the ability to live in a new way, in a new creation life, in a new kingdom living, living like we are disciples of Jesus. We have this Spirit. But it's, it's not just feeling these things, but they're actually actions. They're things we do. Love and joy and kindness are things that we do or things that... that come bursting out of us with the overflow because of who we know Jesus has made us. We're able to live in such a way that these are the most evident things in our lives. It's easy to get caught up in the world. It's easy to get caught up in our circumstances. It's easy to get caught up in the things that, that are, are hard and, and to, to bottom out and just be like, I, I just want to exist. Or even more, just go, oh, Jesus, I just wish you would come back. I'm so tired. But Paul says this. He says, hey, you're a new creation. And Jesus says, you're the light of the world. Oh, does our world need light? Oh, does our world need salt? And you're it. There's a, there's a story about a lady, um, and I don't remember all the details, I heard it a long time ago, but there was a story about a lady who was talking to a, an evangelist about where God is 
brought her to this place and she's um, in this office it's a very dark um, place there's not a lot of Christians around and there's a lot of coarse language and, and not a lot of Jesus and the lady's complaining and the guy stops her and he goes where do, you, where do you hang a lamp? Where do you put a candle? And the lady stopped and thought about it. And she said, in the places that are dark, Jesus needs us. Jesus doesn't need us. Jesus chooses to allow us to be the light of the world. He wants us to be that. He calls us to be that. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It's who we are called to be. And it ought to be the hallmark of who we are. You're a new creation. Even if you stumbled every day this past week, even if you sinned, even if you fell, Jesus says, get up, let's go. You're a new creation. You, you're the light of the world. You're the salt. Every day is a chance to, to live out the fruit of the Spirit. Every day is a chance to be that new creation. Every day is a chance to shine your light out into the darkness. We shine the light because we reflect who Jesus is. Jesus is the light of the world is what John says. And, and then it says in John 1, it says that the darkness cannot overcome that light. Maybe I'm saying this as much to myself as to anybody who might hear this, but Jesus has called you to be that light, that new creation, that every day you wake up, regardless of the things that you've been through, regardless of the, the hurts that you've experienced, regardless of the failure, regardless of the setback, regardless of the, not the, the misunderstanding and not knowing, Jesus says, you're the light of the world. Go and do. The world needs you. The world needs your light. Wherever you might be, the here and the now, the tomorrow, the today, God has put you in the places that light needs to shine. And he's saying, go and be the light. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. Shine. As though you are a city on a hilltop, a great place of refuge. Be the seasoning of life, the preservation of life that salt is. Don't allow the world to drag you down and lose your saltiness. Don't allow the world to turn off your lights. You're a new creation. You have the power to walk in the spirit. And the spirit, uh, the fruit of the spirit is what the world needs. More and more and more. Go and do. Go and live and walk in such a way that you reflect who Jesus is in every moment. That's what he wants. That's what he that's what he that's that's what he that's what he hopes to see. That's what he hopes for us. That's what he's prepared for us. That's who that's who he's calling us to be. And we get that opportunity every day to respond. May we respond with our hearts and our energy and our life for the kingdom, his kingdom.